I'm Pastor Dustin. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church, and welcome to Church Online. If this is your first time watching us, we'd love to hear from you. Just leave a comment or a like, and let us know that you're watching. And also, if you need anything, you can always visit us at lifechurchutah.com, and we'd love to be able to pray with you about anything. If you'd like to participate in giving today, you can do so by texting the word LCGIVE to the number on the screen. Once again, thank you for watching Church Online here at Life Church Utah. God bless. So last week we started at our uh, look at what we commonly call the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. And we hit the first five steps of uh, kind of the first half of the Lord's Prayer. In there we found out um, just the importance of uh, understanding that prayer of connection, how much God loves us. And we moved on to how much we love, uh, we love him when it comes to our prayer times. Uh, getting in there and talking about our commitment to his purposes uh, in our life and make sure that we're committed to his purposes in the way that we live our lives. And then really uh, trusting God to meet every one of our needs, trusting God in our victories and our struggles as we present him our lives and kind of our dedicated life of prayer. And we learn how to pray, right? Just like uh, we teach our children how to tie their shoes and we're not always doing it for them. This model that we have for us, it teaches us how, that, how we should pray. Now, a very important part of this, by the way, is not what happens here on a Sunday morning. Although I think important things happen in this place as we worship, we commit to him, we surrender our lives to him, uh, maybe in some unique ways that are offered really only through this kind of a gathering. But what really matters to me as a pastor is what happens when you walk out of these doors, having received teaching, what do you do with it? I really hope it lasts longer than the person who cuts you off in the parking lot here at Life Church. I mean, I know nobody does that. I know that never happens. No honking going on in the parking lot. But if that happens, if somebody does that, I hope that what you've heard today and I hope that what you heard last week has found a lodging place such that you're able to grow from that and say, well, as today we're going to find out, Lord, I forgive that person. Bless them. All right, bless their little soul. <laughs> uh, all right. So concerning, uh, concerning prayer, I want to let you know about uh, some great things that are coming up for us. It's already been mentioned in the, um, in the announcement video, uh, but the week of, uh, what is that, November 4th through the 9th, uh, that kind of that Sunday through Friday, we're going to be focusing our, our hearts on prayer and particularly prayer for breakthrough. How many of you need a breakthrough in your life? God to do something powerful in your life. Well, that week we're going to be focusing on prayer, kind of a week of prayer for us uh, here at Life Church. And we're going to be starting off on Sunday, praying for a breakthrough in your life. And that service is all going to be kind of geared around that idea. So that's next week, uh, geared around praying for a breakthrough. And that's what it is, how to pray for a breakthrough. And uh, in that, we're going to give you an opportunity to fill out prayer requests that you're able to drop off here at the front of the sanctuary here next week. Or uh, we'll probably have some boxes or our ushers will be collecting those uh, at the end of service as well. And then on Wednesday night at our first Wednesday service, we're going to be taking all all of those requests and praying together as a church family for breakthrough in your life and believing for God to do great things and start some miracles on Sunday, maybe finish those miracles on Wednesday. When you send your, or when you have your requests there, you can make them anonymous if you want, or you can say, no, this is my name, and this is what I need prayer for, and we need to see God come through on my behalf for these incredible things. And then kind of join with that is Monday through Friday, as was already mentioned. Have you ever heard of Facebook? 
I don't know if you've heard of that before, but Facebook, uh, it's a social media thing. It's out there. It's kind of big. Um, and uh, we are going to be offering from, from about 12 to 12.15, 12.20, a time of focused prayer for the church family here at Life Church. Actually, anybody can join in with it because it's going to be live. And uh, one of our pastors each day of the week is going to be taking uh, the requests and uh, taking one particular focus Monday through Friday. And this is a, a sheet I encourage you to grab a hold of. Uh, there's, I know we've got some out in the lobby and others are available for you. And it says breakthrough at the top of it, week of prayer. On Monday, we're going to be focusing on Life Church Utah, uh, the ministries that are focused here at the campus at uh, Tooele, Iglesia Vida, and believing God to uh, kind of give us wisdom, fresh vision, and all the things that he wants to do to reach our community. On Tuesday, we're going to be praying for our nation. I don't know if you knew our nation needs prayer, <laughs> and there's an election coming up on that day, so we're focusing on our nation and uh, praying for all of our elected officials, uh, those that are soon to be elected officials, and uh, trust in the Lord uh, that righteousness would flourish in our nation. On Wednesday, we're praying for our students and for our school system and administrators and our educators, and how many of you know that our schools need prayer, and our students need prayer as well, so that'll be on Wednesday. Thursday, we're going to be praying for breakthroughs in individual, uh, individual lives. Uh, we're going to be praying for mental health issues, those who are fighting through depression, uh, those who have other uh, life-controlling substance addictions. going to be really praying for a breakthrough on that day for, uh, for your life and maybe uh, friends and loved ones, praying for emotional strength. And then on Friday, we're going to be praying for our families. How many of you know our families are under attack in our nation today, right? Our culture is uh, certainly attacking our families. So we're going to be praying for reconciliation between husbands and wives, between parents and children. Um, we're going to be praying uh, for, our, for the singles that are here, a uh, part of Life Church, and the pressures that are on their lives as well, and believing for God uh, as we pray for our families, for breakthroughs in our families. And so please join us uh, from noon to about 1220 every day on Facebook Live at Life Church Utah. And the cool thing is, God even answers prayers on recorded prayers. <laughs> and so you can go back, if you can't hit it at noon, hit it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on your break time or maybe sometime in the evening, get all your family around and uh, turn on the Facebook Live and uh, that, uh, that recorded video and pray together with us. We're believing God for great miracles in, uh, in that week of November 4th through 9th. So make sure you are a part of that. So turn, please, to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, beginning at verse 9, we're going to uh, uh, kind of continue with the second half of our series uh, today on, uh, on the Lord's Prayer. And this is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. And this model for us continues um, in the rest of the Lord's Prayer as we pick up the prayer halfway through. But I'm going to invite you to stand one more time because we're going to do the Lord's Prayer together. This is for those of you who have an Apple Watch. And if you sit too long, it starts kind of screaming at you to stand up. All right, and uh, so this is, uh, here we go. So uh, this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13, and uh, we can join together in saying this. I'll say that first line there. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That is some good stuff right there. You can go ahead and be seated. I promise not to ask you to stand up until the very end of the service, so this is great. All right, so we open today at step six 
If you missed the previous five steps, you can go online and, and at uh, life, lifechurchutah.com and uh, pick, up the, uh, uh, pick up the service there or also on our Facebook site as well. But step six, this first one here is the prayer of cleansing, forgive us our sins. And it's at this moment that we begin, uh, basically, I admit my faults. So God promises that if you confess your sins to him, he will forgive you freely, completely, permanently. What a great promise we have as the people of God. 1 John 1, 9 says, but if we confess our sins to God, he can always be trusted to forgive us and take away our sins or take our sins away. And listen to what the author of Psalm 32 says. Uh, pay attention to the results of this reality as he's talking and the excitement that's building in his own heart as he describes this process that I think you're going to find very familiar. He says, what happiness for those whose guilt has been forgiven? It's not, this isn't a question. <laughs> this is a statement of faith that he's making. What happiness for those whose guilt has been forgiven? What joys when sins are covered over? What relief for those who have confessed their sins and God has cleared their record? Then this gets really close to us. There was a time when I wouldn't admit what a sinner I was. You ever been there before? Right? I've definitely been there before. But my dishonesty made me miserable and filled my days with frustration. All day and all night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water on a sunny day until I finally admitted all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will confess them to the Lord. And I love this exclamation, and you forgave me. All of my guilt is gone. <laughs> what an incredible, I mean, you, you feel this building up in the life of the psalmist as, as this person's writing, and that joy seems to just be bubbling under the surface because he or she is forgiven. This end is so powerful, and I capitalize it, put lots of exclamation points, and you forgave me. Forgiveness requires us to be real with God, requires us to be honest with him about the struggles we face, about the, uh, the actions we have done that are sinful, and to say, God, these are the things that I'm giving to you. Now, I, I think as Christians, we get really, really good at confessing the sins of other people right, rather than our own sins. And, and so what we begin to do is we couch our sins in terms that don't make them seem quite as bad as what they really are. As we couch, our, our, our prayers end up something like this, God, you know the thing that I just did. Have you ever prayed that before? Because we somehow don't want to admit by name the thing that we did. What happens to that? I think we, we, we begin to lose power in that prayer of confession. Lord, forgive me of my sins. We, we, we miss that moment where, where we can call out exactly what we did because remember, God already knows what we did. So what happens though is we give, I think, we, we, we give power to the enemy to keep things hidden if even in our prayers to God, we don't say, God, you see this lustful heart that I have. You see the ways my eyes wander. God, you see this, this heart condition that I have where anger is just under the surface. 
Instead, we couch it, God, you see this tendency I have. I think God wants us to be brutally honest with him because he already knows. <laughs> He's totally aware of the things that we've done and our tendencies and the sense within us that we're going to go down that same track again. Central to our lives, I think this is great because um, this you know, Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive me my sins. This is right smack dab in the middle of the Lord's prayer. This is the middle part of it, and I think it speaks to that central need that we have to be forgiven so that we can be a confident people in Christ. So when we confess, he forgives, and it's a done deal. It's finished. That, that sin is forgiven. But then Jesus goes on, and this is maybe a tougher step for us, so, you know, forgive us our sins, and then he goes on for the step seven, this prayer of release, as we forgive those who sin against us. I'm okay if the Lord left that part out. <laughs> right? Lord, forgive me, but all the other people, yeah, whatever, let them deal with it themselves. As we forgive those who sin against us. So, Lord, I'm okay with you forgiving me, but it is too much to forgive the other person who hurt me who stole my innocence, who took life. They deserve what's coming to them. Just like the person who cut me off at Smith's when I was looking the other way and they snuck right in there. <laughs> they deserve what's coming to them. Anybody ever have that happen to you? <laughs> Forgive them, Lord. <laughs> Just like that guy or that lady who cut you off in the parking lot of Life Church. We know it never happens. So this whole idea here of forgiving those who sin against us, we've got to remember forgiveness is not about fairness. Forgiveness is about grace. The first key to learning how to forgive others is to, remind, to remember how much we have been forgiven. Have you been forgiven much? <laughs> Has God forgiven a lot of things in your life? How much more do we then need to extend forgiveness to those around us, to those who have sinned against us, as difficult as it can be? What does Ephesians chapter 4 say? It says, uh, verse 32, Instead, be kind and tenderhearted to one another and forgive one another as God has forgiven you through Christ. There should be a comma after that, but I know it's not easy. <laughs> I think that should be added in there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. This is a really tough scripture. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Man, when I, when I hear that, I recognize immediately my responsibility to my own spiritual life as an individual, but not only for myself as an individual, but for us corporately to be a people of forgiveness and grace and mercy, extending to them what has already been offered to us in Christ Jesus. I want to be a person quick to forgive. When we don't forgive others, we stop the flow of grace in our own lives. When we're hurt, we have two options. We can either relive that hurt over and over and over again and hold on to it. And that, I can tell you, leads to bitterness, by the way. <laughs> that's all that that's going to end up with. Or we can release it. Reliving the hurt only perpetuates the pain, 
but releasing that hurt through forgiveness, that is how we find wholeness in our own lives. But forgiveness to me is not forgetting about those things that have happened to me. I think that's kind of impossible, the way that our wanes, are, our wanes, the way our brains are wired. I think it's kind of impossible for us to forget. And so forgiveness is not about forgetting. And uh, concerning dealing with the past, the great theologian Rafiki from The Lion King said, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, I'm here quoting a monkey, that's great. The past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. I think what happens when we forgive others that have sinned against us, we learn from our past. We take steps forward, away from bitterness, away from that brokenness, and we find true life, maybe for the first time in our lives. As Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. And Paul says it succinctly here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's the, the love chapter, if you're familiar with it. Love keeps no record of wrongs. How, is, how easy is that to do? <laughs> love keeps no record of wrongs. Uh, back years ago when I was a pastor in, uh, in Minneapolis, uh, I was kind of, a, I don't know, I was uh, younger, probably 28, 29 years of age, maybe 30 at that point, married for a little less than 10 years. And I was on call on a particular day, and I got a phone call uh, on call from a lady who was probably in her 80s, been married for 60 years, and she says, I've had enough. <laughs> I'm like, okay, come on in. We'll see what I can do. Give you some wisdom from my, you know, 10 years of marriage. Um, and uh, so she sat down and we begin talking and just, I mean, problem after problem after problem. I mean, decades of problems within her marriage. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty intense. Uh, why don't, let's get your husband here and let's begin finding a way forward and let's see healing happen and prayed with her, send her on her way. I don't know, a couple of weeks later, get her husband in there. And her husband is uh, just kind of a beaten down man. And this is, you know, 60 years. And, it's, and I'm, as I'm listening to her talk and him just sit there, <laughs> I'm beginning to realize, and I ask her the question, ma'am, it, it sounds like you, man, it's like you rehearse all the things that your husband has done wrong. It's like you have a list somewhere that you just kind of refer back to. And she reaches into her purse. <laughs> Seriously, reaches into her purse, pulls out a spiral-bound notebook, and she hands it, and I, and I ask, can I see that? And I, and I look at it, and everything her husband had done was written down, and she told me that that's not the only one she has. <laughs> I mean, and it's like, you know, the shoes were in the wrong place in the morning. And I mean, just stuff like that. And I'm looking at this, I'm reading, I'm like, I can't believe what I'm, what I'm looking at. And, and I, I take it and I go, you know, I get bold now at this point. I'm 20, you know, 20, 30 years old. I'm getting bold at this point. And you know what God wants to do with this? And I grab my trash can, I throw it away. <laughs> okay, I throw it away. And I put it back under my desk and I go, you, this is not right. Don't, love keeps no record of wrong. And she makes commitments to me and to her and to God. And I'm all excited and like I've saved a marriage. This is great. And on their way out, she stops, she walks back to my desk, pulls out the trash can, grabs that binder, that little spiral-bound notebook, and puts it in her purse while looking at me, <laughs> and then walks out. And I, I said, hey, just so you know, we're not meeting again until you can get your heart right, because there's no moving forward as long as you are keeping record of wrong, because there's no forgiveness. And uh, wow, I, I mean, they were in their 80s. I'm pretty sure they're not, not around anymore. It was a long time ago. Um, unless like the oldest people on earth at this point. Um, 
<laughs> but can you imagine that? I mean, direct, love keeps no record of wrong. I'm here to tell you, by the way, if you want a successful marriage, don't have a spiral-bound notebook with all the wrong things your spouse has done, right? So we need to be a people of forgiveness. We need to be a people who are quick to forgive. Step eight. So after all that's taken care of, then we get to this one, uh, one phrase, uh, the prayer protection. Lead us not into temptation. And this is where I ask God to guard my heart. Guard my heart. Oftentimes we think of temptation tempting us uh, to, um, well, temptation is not always about doing the wrong thing. <laughs> temptation is also about not doing the right thing. How many of you in the last week have faced temptation? Wow, you guys are holy and pure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I don't know how many times this week I have promised myself today's the day that I'm just going to get really, really serious about the things that I eat. And then I'm driving by McDonald's and calling out to me, and I don't even know why. This has not ever been a temptation for me, but for some reason, here in the Salt Lake Valley, in the first three weeks I've been here, I'm driving by and, and it's calling out to me, Eminem McFlurry with that not even real ice cream. I mean, it just is calling out to me, come eat me. <laughs> and I can't stop. I just can't stop. I'm confessing right now to you, temptation. <sighs> Lead us not in temptation, into temptation. Now, we know the Bible says that God uh, tempts no one, right? We know that's in the book of James. God tempts no one. So, so what does this mean? I think a great way to illustrate this is... Uh, if you, if parents, if you've had children, when you would go to uh, the grocery store, there were typically an aisle or two that you would avoid going down if you had your young children with you. What were those aisles? Candy and what? Toys or cereal or something like that, depending on where you were, okay? So the candy for sure is the aisle. Now, why wouldn't you go down that aisle? Because when you went down there, you knew that they would be tempted beyond what they could bear, and then you would be miserable putting up with everything that they are asking for going down the aisle, right? They want that candy. They want that uh, sugar-based cereal. Of course, we know that Lucky Charms is exempt from that rule because it's so good. Um, but, you know, all of those things, right, you, they would not, you would not want to take them down there. You would not want to lead them into temptation. So the same sort of way for us, this is exactly how we pray. God, help me to avoid those situations where temptation is guaranteed in my life. We have enough non-guaranteed temptation in my life, right? So why would I put myself in a position to walk down that particular place in my work where I know temptation is going to grab me? Or that particular page on the web that's going to grab me. That particular person that I text that I shouldn't, that's going to grab me. And so we pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation. God, give me the strength to not put myself in positions where I know I'm going to be tempted. And that's exactly what Jesus is asking for us. In uh, Colossians 3, verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and then right down below that, it says, it is the Lord we are serving. So, Lord, lead us not in temptation. Guide and direct us, Lord, to be close to you, to serve you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength. God, every bit of us, this world is tough enough without me putting myself in a position of temptation. 
I'm going to invite the band to go ahead and come on up here as we close out, um, as we close out the service. Hand in hand with this prayer is uh, for our hearts to be guarded is this idea of, of this prayer of deliverance. Lord, deliver us from evil, or uh, other versions, uh, deliver us from the evil one. I depend on God's power in my life. We do not do this on their own. I don't know if you realize this, but we are pretty much powerless on our own to live a holy, righteous life. What I have found is every time in my life when I have attempted to do it on my own, it ends in miserable failure because my heart is prone, as, the, uh, as that wonderful hymn, old hymn says, my heart is prone to wander. It wants to go away. It wants to go away from the Lord. It wants to go away from holiness and righteousness and sanctification. On my own, I can't do it. And so we depend on God's power. Without this, we are woefully inept at making choices to bring glory to God, which really should be the end goal of our entire lives, to bring glory to him. 1 John chapter 4 says this, verse 4, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. What's he referring to there? The troubles and trials and spiritual influencers. So you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Folks, this is our promise. This is who we have within us is the spirit of God living within us who is greater than the one who's in the world. First John chapter five. So John loves this whole idea and he jumps forward. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. A few weeks ago, we talked about the importance of, of recognizing what, what separates Christianity from the rest of, of what's out there is where the, the position that Jesus holds. And when we recognize and live that Jesus is the Son of God, it changes us and we become overcomers because the Spirit lives within us. And Psalm 32 says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Right? that God sings over you unique, creative songs just for you. He sings over you like, like a lover to the beloved. He sings over you and draws you close to him. He is our deliverer. And then finally, step 10. I love the way Jesus ends this, is this prayer of victory. I think all of our prayers should end with, with that sense of victory, that sense of the amen from God, and so be it. So yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And this right here is I praise God for ultimate victory. I praise God for ultimate victory. The Lord's prayer ends where it begins. Remember how it started? Our Father who is in heaven. <laughs> it's an idea that, that God is above all. He is sovereign. He is king of kings and, and Lord of lords above all. That's where it starts and it finishes, Lord. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The purpose for prayer is not to conform God to my way of seeing things, by the way. <laughs> the purpose of prayer is for us to get in line with what God is doing. And what does he want to do in our lives except bring victory, allow his glory to be manifest through us, to, to allow joy and hope to be expressed to a world that right now desperately needs hope? 
Psalm 115 verse one says this, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Whenever I see that phrase, your love and faithfulness makes me think of the cross because it was the love and faithfulness of God through his son, Jesus Christ, dying upon the cross to bring forgiveness to us, that we can offer forgiveness to the world around us, that, that we can pray blessings on them, and ultimately we have the victory. And so this is our victory, that God is on the throne. We have the ability to communicate with God, and he responds to us. Do you realize how, how incredible that is as the people of God, that we have a God that loves us so? We have victory because he took upon himself our sins. We have victory because he has forgiven us and because he's forgiven us, we have that ability to forgive others and we can live victoriously in the freedom of Jesus. So here's what I want us to do. Right at the end, I'm gonna have you stand up here right at the end. So here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna have a moment of victory. A moment for us to just say, God, we thank you for the victory that you have won in our life, the freedom that you have brought to us through your son, Jesus Christ. And, and I love that full circle nature of, of this prayer. It starts off with victory. God, we look to you in heaven. We look to you above us and beyond us and sovereign and able to do whatever you want. And we end in that moment where we give God glory forever and ever. Amen. And so why don't you join us in singing this great freedom song and great joy as we bless the Lord our God. Yeah.
Hallelujah. Let's all lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, O God, for the victory that you have given us in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to live as free, Lord. Help us, O God, to be able to proclaim to the highways and byways the goodness of Christ Jesus who's been manifest in us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you this day. We give you all the glory, all of the honor, and all the praise. And Lord, um, we will be sure, O God, as we live our lives to bring honor to you, Lord, in Jesus' wonderful and holy name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.